Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We are going to talk some draft and some fantasy, though, right at the top of today's show. As I'm joined now on the Western Hotline by ESPN's Mike Clay, at Mike Clay NFL on Twitter. Mike, thanks for joining me on this Saturday afternoon. How are you, man? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I was just kind of jamming out to all that old NFL films music there while I was yes. waiting. So uh, <laughs> feeling good right now. It 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 does get you in the mood for football, <laughs> for sure. Um, draft is under a month away, and one big reason I wanted to bring you on was I was reading you on d- some dynasty football rankings the other day, and specifically a running back too was the big biggest thing I wanted to to get into with you because we've been. Going back and forth, fans here on the station, uh, Twitter, whatever. Like, Bills fans are kind of going back and forth on whether this team should pick a running back. They don't really have many holes on the roster overall. And at the 30th pick, you pick a guy at many positions, he might not play right away. But running back is that position where you pick a guy at 30, and he's playing right away, and he's probably in the prime of his career. So, before we get into any individuals... For fantasy and for the Bills specifically, too, how do they strike you as a landing spot for one of these first-round guys like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris? Well, it kind of depends, right? It depends on if they're going to adjust their scheme a little bit to get the running back position more involved, right? So it was kind of a split backfield, obviously, with Singletary and Moss last season. And if you do draft uh, you know, at the end of the first round, early round two, depending on if they maneuver around the draft a little bit, Obviously, you would expect that to be the feature back, uh, and, and that would be a huge boost in value. You're not going to draft a guy at that spot and kind of throw him into a rotation with, with these other guys. Uh, that being said, if I was them, I, I wouldn't do it. You know, I'd be happy with Singletary and Moss. I, I know some, you know, some fans are underwhelmed because this, the numbers really weren't there, but I think they were effective. You know, I thought Zach Moss, considering that as a rookie only had 126 touches, missed some time with an injury, was sharing the backfield. I think he showed that he can be an effective back in the NFL. And Devin Singletary has been effective at times as well, especially as a rookie. His uh, efficiency was off the charts, and we've seen at times when he had to handle a bulk of the touches that he was effective. So personally, if I'm building a team, and again, this is just me, maybe the, you know, uh, the, the Bills think differently. I've questioned some of their moves over the past couple of years, and I've been dead wrong uh, as they've, they've built this team into a uh, one of the better teams in the NFL. But if it was me, I would be happy with Singletary and Moss. I like both of them coming in, especially Moss. I think that's a, a fine backfield. You added Matt Breida for some depth. You can maybe take a, a day three back and add some competition, and they're fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. 
Uh, but I would be spending my valuable assets on positions that really matter, that could really mm-hmm. separate you uh, from the other teams. And, and, of course, that would be on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe you think about a tight end depending on what's going on in round two. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that's pretty much what I would do. I would just uh, yeah. I would be happy with what I had. I think I'm in agreement with you, too. Like, you've already got two guys that you've spent. Not, you haven't spent nothing on them. I mean, third-round picks for running backs right. two years in a row. That's that's not nothing investments. Uh, if they were to do it, and if they were keying in on one of these backs in the first round, another reason I wanted to bring you on is I think you're one of the only people I've seen that has Najee Harris not in the top two for rookie running backs. Or was that was that just for fantasy? Um, yeah, th- this is definitely for fantasy. But uh, I, if you had a num- if you had him number one, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, and I think I kind of talked through that. There's three. There's a big three at running back this season. They're very close. I've certainly seen seen other outlets that have uh, Najee Harris number three, including my old employer, Pro, uh, Pro Football Focus, and that's not fantasy. That's just straight up uh, running back evaluation. They have Etienne first and, and Williams second, Harris third, and I actually ended up uh, in in the same ballpark. So, uh, but again, pick your poison. I mean, they're all three of them look terrific. The efficiency is fantastic. Etienne is so insanely explosive. He would have been number one on my board last season, I think. I know initially he was. Uh, number one, I ended up with uh, Edward Delaire uh, first when when Etienne went back to college. But um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. Williams was ridiculous last season and is super young. He's two years younger than Harris, which kind of gets baked a little bit into uh, dynasty rankings. So so that was a factor. Uh, but Harris, I mean, at that size to be six two two thirty and have the receiving chops he does is is unbelievable. So I'm really excited for all three of these guys. Mike Clay of ESPN joining me, Joe DiBiase, here on Sports Talk Saturday. So from a fantasy perspective, the Bills and one of those running backs, how do, do they figure as an e, a good landing spot to you if, let's say, ETN, Travis ETN goes to the Bills? does that is that an attractive landing spot to you? Because I look at that and say the Bills use running back maybe less than anybody in football overall. Yeah, yeah, they do. And part of that was the scheme change last season where they were the second pass-heaviest team uh, in the NFL, uh, led you know we're near the nearer at the top of the NFL in three plus and four plus wide receiver sets, so that was part of it. Um, and it, but again, if you if you invest in a, a day one or an early day two running back, it's not again it's not to be uh, a, a guy that's not going to be featured, right? They're going to utilize him, and and I think it is an attractive spot, and I'll tell you why. Uh, let's put Etienne on that roster right now. Uh, you would expect what twelve to fourteen carries right away. Maybe that number expands as the year goes on. Certainly, he can be a, a factor as a pass catcher. He's an outstanding pass catcher, as are, you know, Williams are some question marks. He's inexperienced. Harris is really good as well. Mm. Uh, but they would be involved to some extent in the passing. Not a lot, not a lot, because we know Josh Allen likes to feature the other positions, and, and that's how they have built this scheme. But it's one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. And if we're talking fantasy, that means plenty of scoring opportunities. I know, I, and again, I know Josh Allen will scramble and run some in, yeah. but these are big player. these are big play guys. They have good size, they're going to get some opportunities at the goal line. And even if they score six, seven rushing touchdowns, maybe catch one or two, and, and the volume they're going to get and the talent they have, it, you know, it would add up to uh, a pretty pretty decent uh, amount of fantasy contributions. I'm not saying like Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook sort of vicinity, but, mm-hmm. you know, where, where, where DeAndre Swift was last year, you know, um, I think that's, that's certainly possible. All right, Mike, before we get back to the draft here, I want to stick with the Bills for one more. And it relates to free agency, them bringing in Emmanuel Sanders, mostly to replace John Brown, Brown out and Sanders in. And it's 
a couple years in a row now where Brown had a very fantasy-relevant season in 2019. Last year, Cole Beasley, especially PPR leagues, was very productive. I had him on a couple of teams. And Gabriel Davis, too, especially towards the end when he was getting his touchdowns, was even productive also. But now here comes Sanders, and Diggs is an easy, I think, wide receiver one or even high-end wide receiver two, wherever you'd fall there. But at least that's a guy you're playing week to week. Josh Allen, you're playing week to week. And then the rest of the receivers, I, I don't know, Is if you had to pick one of those three guys, Sanders, Davis, and Beasley, who would you be targeting in drafts right now? Yeah, well, first of all, Diggs is without question an elite wide receiver one. He was just okay. fantastic. The targets are there. There's no doubt about that. In fact, looking at my early ranks, which we're going to drop soon, I have him third on my board for next season. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, I, have, I have Beasley at 47, which, let, let's be honest, I'm probably too low. I'll probably be high on him relative to most and still too low because he just continues to get the job done every single season. But he is a year older, and they do, like, uh, you know, to your point, they invested in, in other wide receivers. You have Gabriel Davis coming along and, and obviously Emmanuel Sanders, and they're, they've reportedly been in the tight end market, and they could be in the running back market. So mm-hmm. uh, there are some potential additional mouths to feed. But uh, to answer your question, I would put Beasley second, especially in a PPR format. Uh, just because of you know the the target share he sees, um, and then after that, I would actually go to the guy who's probably fourth on the depth chart, Gabriel Davis. I'm, I'm just really excited about what I saw last season. I mean, keep in mind he averaged 43 snaps a game. Cole Beasley averaged 43 snaps a game. The guy was uh, plenty involved, and I know it was lower when John uh, John Allen played, but or uh, uh, excuse me, uh, John, John Brown, Brown played, but. Yeah. Right. They still, they still, like I said, they're near the top of the NFL in three-plus and four-plus wide receiver sets. So these guys were all able to play a lot. You're also going to rotate in Isaiah McKenzie. So really, I think it's probably five deep, uh, five deep at that position. But, uh, again, Diggs won, Beasley two in PPR, then Davis because uh, you know, Sanders is 34 years old. He's missed a lot of time with injuries. I think Davis is probably going to be uh, more reliable and potentially could even steal that number three job. And, and look, if Diggs or Beasley misses time, look out. David mm-hmm. could really uh, break out. Really excited for that kid. All right, Mike, if we could bounce back to the draft here, uh, kind of around the league. There's one guy I'm super intrigued with, especially I have a couple of dynasty drafts coming up in just over a month, and, and there's one specific team where I have a top five pick, and the guy I'm thinking about and pondering the most is tight end Kyle Pitts because I've only been playing dynasty for, this might be my third year, and I don't think I've ever seen a tight end being talked about as a dynasty pick that high. I think TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant maybe were close to first-round picks in some leagues a couple years ago, but what do you do with Pitts in a dynasty draft? Like, Could he be a top-five guy? At least first-round, I would think, right? Yeah, first-round for sure. Um, where he falls would be in the middle of the round, maybe a little bit early on. It's just tough because we, we talked about the big three at running back, and then you have arguably a big three at wide receiver, right, with Chase Waddle and Smith. And then you have to mix Pitts in there somewhere. Uh, Pitts is the youngest of that group, which helps his stock a little bit. And he could be a bit of a unicorn in that he's basically a, you know, think about Travis Kelsey, how he puts up basically elite wide receiver numbers with a tight end position. You know, that's, that's huge. And it's a huge edge uh, in fantasy. He's been underdrafted for years. So uh, there's a few things to think about. Um, you have to keep in mind, none of these guys are a sure thing. So you take Pitts. It's not like you're getting yourself a, uh, uh, shoe in to replace Kelsey as the number one tight end every year. He might be a bust. We don't know. Nobody's safe. We, t- we every year there's like you know what? Here's one or two safe players. You know mm-hmm. Solomon Thomas. You know you just he's wor- great job by the Niners because he's a really high floor safe guy. It, it's never that simple, right? There's there's always guys that seem uh, like they're going to just coast to stardom and, and they don't. So 
and, and the other thing is, most leagues you're starting two running backs, two or three receivers, and a flex. You're only starting one tight end. It's not as an important position as some others. Uh, so, it's again, you're weighing all of these things as you try to make a determination. Uh, personally, I don't think you're going to see him blocking much. He's going to play a lot of wide receiver. He should have a pretty significant target share. Again, he's super young, big. You know, there's uh, or he's he's uh, you know six five. He's a little thin, but he's he has a, a more than enough capable size. So, um, all in all, right now he's seventh on my board. I would not argue with him in the fourth or fifth range, but he is certainly a mid first round pick, and he's going to be right in your radar. You're picking. What do you say? You're picking top five right now. Right in that conversation for sure. I, I'm picking fifth. I already have T.J. Hawkinson on that team too, so it's I'm pretty good at the other positions too. But having Hawkinson also is making that more complicated because I love Pitts as a player, and like you said, if he's a unicorn type type that comes around once every decade, like maybe we haven't mm-hmm. seen a tight end prospect like this since Vernon Davis. Like it's really compelling. Um, and then how about on quarterback? And this would obviously be a more relevant conversation for those in Superflex leagues. But after Trevor Lawrence at number one, right now who would be your number two? I know it's a tough question because I think probably quarterback as much as the other positions, if not even more, landing spot will completely change where these guys get ranked. No question. I think we all expect Wilson to go, Zach Wilson, of course, from BYU to go second to the Jets right now. Um, after that, it's a question mark, right? The Niners could go a, a variety of di- uh, directions. The latest rumors, Mac Jones. It could be Trey Lance. It could be Justin Fields. But those are clearly the big five. So if we're talking long-term, my ranks have Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, Jones, in that order. Uh, you know, uh, in fantasy, it's really important that a, a guy can add, add at least some value with his legs, especially, you know, modern fantasy football. You just can't get away with putting up a zero uh, as a rusher and being – a fantasy star at quarterback you just can't do it so mac jones is a zero in that department and uh he's older than these other guys so i don't feel great about him in fantasy short or long term um if we're talking just this upcoming season yeah i think lawrence lawrence without question will be the top guy on pretty much every board the, the guy that has the next best chance though to be a qb1 assuming he starts week one maybe he doesn't maybe it's week three but it's going to be in the first month of the season most likely it's justin field because He's just a game changer as a rusher, and that's important. If you look back at the history of rookie quarterbacks in fantasy, the only guys who get close to QB1 value add a ton of value with their legs. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, guys along those lines, RG3, right? You can go on and on. Just scroll through all those guys. They were all high-performing rushing quarterbacks. Even Jameis Winston ran for, I believe it was, seven touchdowns as a rookie. It's the only reason Yeah, he was even close Mm -hmm. to fantasy. Andrew Luck, I can go on and on. So, um, that's really key. And I know these other guys like Wilson, Lance is raw. He could add a lot with his legs as well. So it's possible. But like you said, it depends on situation. It depends uh, when we expect them to see uh, see them on the field. But for now, short term, it'd be Lawrence in the field second. All right, Mike, la- last thing for you. Looking back to free agency a little bit, is there a guy, a signing that frustrated you the most for fantasy? And apologies if I'm stealing yours, but mine would probably easily be Kenyon Drake going to the Raiders as someone that has Josh Jacobs. But you have a guy like that where like you couldn't you were you were just beside yourself when you saw that that guy signed at this place. Yeah, I think uh, Drake is a great one. I've always been a Kenyon Drake fan, so that's a good one. You know, you think about if he signs to say Pittsburgh, how excited we'd be for his yeah. fantasy stuff. Oh yeah. So, uh no question about it, but I'll pivot over to tight end and 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 throw two guys into one basket, right? The Patriots ruined everybody's <laughs> plan, uh, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. I mean, we're talking about two guys who were uh, borderline, if not solid, tight end ones the last couple of years, uh, especially Hunter Henry, who's been delivering year after year 
uh, with the Chargers when he's been active, uh, they're, they're ruined now. I mean, uh, I've tweeted a bunch about this. I've written about it before. More to come in this department. But uh, teams just cannot support two fantasy-relevant tight ends in 10 and 12-team leagues. It just doesn't happen. There's uh, one exception to that, and obviously it was prime Brady, Gronk, Hernandez, right? That, that worked out for a year or two. Uh, when they were all together, um, that's it. I mean, you just don't see examples barring the most extreme circumstances, like when the Eagles had zero wide receivers and their number one and two targets were Goddard and Ertz. And even in that season, uh, Goddard barely scratched the top ten that year. I mean, it's just so hard to do. So uh, if anyone's going to pull it off and bring it back and, and put Smith and, and Henry in the top ten in fantasy points to tight end, it is Belichick and Josh McDaniels because they're so creative. But I don't think you bet on that. I don't think you make mm. decisions on draft day based on that. You just have so many other options like Tunyon and Goddard and Hawkinson and Logan Thomas and Gesicki and Fan. You know, all these guys uh, are in that range. So, I, look, John Smith for me is a borderline top 15 fantasy tight end. Henry's down a few pegs closer to uh, a top 20 guy. But uh, unless you're in a two tight end league, you know, starting two tight ends, I don't think you're too interested in either guy. Real quick, actually, because when you mentioned Kenyon Drake to the Steelers, that really got my antenna up because that's, that's a team I was thinking about for a lot of free agent running backs. And they, I think they, they said Kalen Bellage and maybe that's it. Uh, and then they have Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. Like what, what is going to happen in Pittsburgh? They can't be done right at running back. No, no, not at all. I mean, they pick late in round one, so they could certainly be a fit for one of those three running backs we talked about. Maybe they surprise us and bring James Conner back. He's right. still sitting out there uh, as the clear top free agent. Maybe they sign Todd Gurley, which uh, I wouldn't be too excited about, but he's still sitting out there as well. But my expectation is the Steelers probably draft someone on uh, late day one, maybe on day two. Uh, definitely a, a landing spot. There's only a couple teams left that have a clear need uh, at running back. I think Atlanta is one. I know some people are in love with Mike Davis, but I think they're probably going to be looking for a young back. Uh, maybe Arizona, someone to go yep. with Chase Edmonds as well. Um, and they're, the Jets would be the other one. They signed Kevin Coleman. So there are a, a handful of teams that really have a major need, and, and I think end of round one, early round two is where those three guys will be selected. You can follow him on Twitter, Mike Clay NFL. Check out his stuff at ESPN.com leading into the NFL draft. Mike, as always, thank you for joining me, man, and we look forward to the next chat. 